Episode 4 of Marriage Works Monday. Today we are talking about marriage goals. Let's go! Welcome everybody to Marriage Works Monday podcast with your host, TJ and Chancy, we did it. We have got two episodes in a row, two weeks in a row. We said last week we were going to try our best to make sure that we got us two episodes back-to-back each week, and we were able to do it. We had some technical difficulties, but we won't get into all of that. Um, so this week's topic is we're going to talk about marriage goals, marriage goals, we see on social media a lot, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter. Um, it could just be on the Internet, different websites or blogs where you would see a married couple, whether they are a famous married couple or just friends that you know that may be married. And, you know, they may post a picture of them on vacation. They may post a picture of them with their kids doing something uh, that's worth celebrating, or they may see them hugged up and on a date night, and someone will come and just say, "Oh, marriage goals, marriage goals," and and those things are cool. Those those are nice goals to have when you see from other other married couples. But one thing that I that Chas and I always talk about is when you're on the outside looking in, you never really know what's going on with somebody's marriage or with someone's life. And that happens in just in in any situation, because with social media, we know that you can make things look a lot better than they actually seem. Um, so so what we want to talk about is even though you're going to have marriage goals, uh, per se, we don't think that your marriage goals should be based on on um, a perception that you may have of someone else's goals. Oh, I'm sorry, not someone else's goal, but someone else's marriage. So um, from a from a man's standpoint, when I look at this and I see um, a man and, and he may be, you know, buying his wife a new car. You know, typically a man is not going to go on social media or Facebook and say, oh, marriage goes. <laughs> I want to buy my wife a new car. Uh, but there are times when you could feel a little pressure, especially if you feel like your marriage is not is going as well as others. But again, if you're on the outside looking in, you don't always know the trials, the tribulations. Uh, they may have heartache. They may have issues. They may have problems um, that you ever know. And that little picture may be the only little bit of happiness that they have. So if a husband and wife is going out on a date and they take a picture and they're all snuggled up or they're holding hands, someone may say, oh, marriage goes. But you never know what exactly it is that they have that's going on with their marriage. So my point is you want to make sure that you and your wife or you and your spouse set your own expectations And then you try to live up to those expectations and not to the expectations of other people. Because one thing that I've learned from business is if I try to be someone else, 
I will only be second best. And so if we, if Chancey and I try to make our marriage exactly like someone else, then we know that we're not going to fit that bill. We're going we're gonna to always fall short. And so there's nothing wrong with looking at a, a couple and, and being inspired by them and looking at them and saying, oh, man, you know, I like the way that they're raising their kids. I like how they're able to uh, do their finances. They're able to take vacations and do those type of things. And those things can help inspire you. But I don't think that you should go out and try to be exactly like them. Because, again, for like the third time, you never know what's going on inside of their household and with their marriage. There's been plenty of times, Chance and I, especially with celebrities, they'll be married. And then all of a sudden you hear about them getting a divorce. And we're like, oh, man, why are they getting divorced? We thought they were happily married. And then sure enough... You know, they were having all these issues. The husband or the was verbally abusive or he had a drinking problem or the wife um, had a had a, a, a man on the side or anything like that. So you just you just never know. For me, what I would like to say is <laughs> piggyback off of TJ to start my thing. We're big on. On the outside, you don't know what's going on in someone's inside. But we're not saying that that necessarily means everyone is putting up a mask or a persona or anything like that. We're just saying be careful what you try to model your relationship after because it could be a fairy tale. Uh, know that we try to be as transparent as possible. We've talked about in our 17 years We've had difficult stages, we've had great stages, and thankfully, the great stages have outnumbered the difficult stages, and I think that's kind of what helps to keep things going when you can hang on to and cling to those. So um, the big thing that I want to say is marriage goals are great, being inspired is great, but remember, you're only in competition with your relationship. So I have a friend and if she listens to this, she'll know who she is. She works out all the time and she always talks about she's not in competition with anyone else about her fitness goals. It's me versus me. And I think that's how it should be for your marriage. You shouldn't be in competition with celebrity XYZ or church uh, friend XYZ or friend XYZ, you should be in competition only with your own marriage. How can we make our marriage greater? Uh, Is that by getting more in our word? Is that learning more about each other's wants, needs, desires, and pleasing each other? Is that um, working on supporting each other in businesses or taking on a new business, whatever that is, that should be your, uh, what we like to say as goals, things that are truly attainable because like you don't know what celebrity X, Y, Z, when they close those doors and they, uh, the TMZ turns off or whatever, the shade room shuts, shuts down the store for today. You don't really know what, all the work or what they're doing and how they're getting to what it is that they're getting to to make their marriage work for them. 
we've said before, we're not experts and we're not trying to be. We only want to share what things are working for us because there may be somebody out there listening that's at a point where they're at the end of their rope. They don't know any other way to, you know, try to approach their marriage or save a marriage or communicate with their spouse or had never even thought about dating. Like they haven't dated in years. And it's like, oh, well, you know, we're past that point. I didn't know we be continuing to date each other would be fun. Yeah, let's pick that back up. So marriage goals for me is to communicate like me and TJ. What is it that we have in our marriage? Okay, debt freedom. That's something we want. There are plenty of couples out there that are quick to tell you that is not a goal of theirs, debt freedom. They want to splurge and reward themselves and life is short and that's great for them if that's what they want to do. But for us, we want that financial security and not having to owe anyone and being able to, you know, vacation the way we want, being able to give our children advantages that we want for them to have and just, you know, have business opportunities and invest in our community and things like that. Those are some of our marriage goals, but they may not be yours. And that doesn't make you and your marriage any less significant. Those are just things that we've talked about. Um, we live in a, such a social media age that, um, I think that people get caught up into, I see this husband or this wife, you know, they went out and bought their wife, you know, a five-carat diamond ring. Oh, man, they only been married two years. Here I am, married 15 years, and I've never done nothing like that for my wife. And so now you're, you know, putting unnecessary pressure on yourself, trying to do something based on what someone else did. That person may be in a totally different financial uh, space than you. That person may be up to their eyeballs in debt. You just never know. So it's very dangerous to try to do that. I, I know that we talk about on here that our faith is very important. So our marriage goals are deeply rooted in, you know, what the Bible states for us as a spouse and how we should live and how our household should operate and how, you know, our head should flow and things like that. Other people may not agree with that. Some people don't share the same religion as us. And that's going to be, you know, between you and your family, how you model your marriage. But for us, these are the things that help us with attaining our marriage goals. All right. So that's actually transition just a little bit. Um, we talk about, we just briefly went over what it is like if we are seeing other people's marriage when we're on the outside looking in and how that can be dangerous. Um, but I think it's also good that before you, or while you're married and, and even before, to talk about what is it that you want to get out of your marriage. You know, what are some goals that you want to achieve and accomplish within your marriage? Um, and I think that you can you can have some selfish goals, but you also got to have, most importantly, some some couple goals. And your selfish or your individual goals can't jeopardize your couple goals. So 
when we were getting ready to do this, I was online and I was just kind of reading through some different things. And um, I came upon a website and I can't even remember the, the website. I didn't even, I didn't write it down. But they were talking about marriage goals. And me and Chassie actually was was talking about this briefly before we started recording. And we talked about uh, one of those goals being me time. And we've mentioned this before. It's very, very, very important. It's it's utterly important that you have some me time. Now, I know you may be thinking, okay, we're talking about marriage goals, but now you're talking about an individual having me time. Um, I think this is 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 huge in a marriage because you get an opportunity to do something you like or relax and be by yourself or you know, uh, I love going to the gym every once in a while and playing basketball. That's not Chaz's cup of tea. She's not trying to hurry up and go to the She don't want to go to the gym. I see some guys, they're usually younger guys that have a girlfriend. They'll bring a girlfriend with them to the gym. We, even when we were dating, she didn't come to the gym. She didn't like going to the gym and watching me play basketball. Um, so I like that. I, I like that to be my me time. I go to the gym. I play basketball. I stay two, two and a half, sometimes three hours, but usually I spend about 30 or 45 of those minutes after we get done playing just talking to some guys. But that's my me time. That's what I like to do. And and I'm sure that Chassie has, and she'll be able to tell you here, um, what she what she likes to do with her me time. But for me, I need that time to kind of recharge, get away from the girls, get away from my wife, and it's not that I don't enjoy being with them and spending time with them, but I like to have a little bit of me time so I can have some time by myself. But there are rules and parameters we have to set. Um, you know, I don't go to the club. I don't hang out. I don't go out drinking. Um, and I don't spend an extremely long period of time away from home. So I, I, I've gotten better at this. I try my best to say if I'm going to be home at a certain time, I try to come home at that certain time. Don't always make it, but um, I do that. But we set parameters on on some me time that that we like to do. My me time is, I guess, low key, easy breezy. Cause I mean, like a lot of moms, I'm very busy, so I don't want to really go somewhere and do something. Usually, I just want to binge watch something on Netflix or find me a show on Hulu or maybe watch a movie. Um, and if I'm very tired, my me time is find a boring movie because I'm going to go to sleep anyway. So I just want the movie to watch me in a lot of cases. There have been times that TJ, he'll take the kids somewhere so I can be home by myself because he knows I don't need to go XYZ place. Home is where I like to be. And partially that could be because I'm a germaphobic, so I don't like just being out in a lot of environments. But home is where I feel the most comfortable. So my me time could be on the couch or in our rocking chair with the TV on, just vegging out. Sometimes I have a cappuccino and be sleep still 10 minutes later. So it has no effect on me. But the me time... Over time, initially, you may think it's not important because, you know, you're newly wedding and you're in that honeymoon stage and you're just like, oh, you want to be together all the time. But 
to a certain extent of time, not saying days and weeks, but being away from each other, when you reunite with each other, you had an opportunity to say you miss that person because if you're constantly right up under them, you don't really have time to miss them. And so, you know, if you're not there, you'll get to that place and um, you'll be able to, you know, grow in that space because it's just healthy to have your own hobbies and things that interest you and you'll be able to share in the other person's hobby time to time because you can go back to episode three and listen to our dating your spouse and that'll come in at that at, at that point the other marriage goal that is important is just having some one-on-one time and chancy just hit on this talking about dating your spouse uh which is what we talked about last week but just having some one-on-one time. Now, of course, if you're married and you don't have any kids, um, you still need to schedule some one-on-one time. And if you're not, if you're having to be listening to this and you're not married, and you say, okay, if I don't have kids, why how do I have to, well, why do I have to schedule one-on-one time with my spouse? Well, you you look at it like this. You go to work, you come home, um, you know. Your, your spouse may be doing something or your spouse may come home later um, and you may just get into a routine of doing certain things, you know. So if you have a routine of coming home, cooking dinner, going to the gym, your spouse comes home, eats dinner or goes straight to the gym after, after uh, work or they have to go and do something else or they may have a second job. So sometimes you have to schedule and that makes it a priority, but scheduling one-on-one time with your spouse. Now, if you are married and have kids, this is this is way, way important. Um, it's a little bit easier, of course, if you don't have kids, uh, you have to worry about. But if you if you do have kids, you have got to make sure that you schedule some one-on-one time with your spouse um, away from work, away from all your responsibilities, like us, like we said last week, it doesn't mean that you have to go out and spend a lot of money. It doesn't mean you have to go on these elaborate trips, but you just want to make sure that you schedule some one-on-one time, and and that may mean that if you are receiving email, if you have a, a phone and you get work emails or notifications on your phone for work for that hour or two hours or whatever time y'all schedule each other, you may need to turn them off. So you can just really put all your attention into into your spouse. All right. So the next one that we have, we're going to talk about demonstrate appreciation. Now, this sometimes we can look at this and I think we can sometimes take each other for granted. Uh, I I tell Chancey from time to time, I you know, and I think I do this. I take her for granted. Uh, you know, sometimes I think we both have done that at some point in our in our marriage. I think it's safe to say that. But I know I've I've done it. But you have to make sure that you demonstrate and express the appreciation that you have for your spouse. Whether if you're the man and you might do the cooking because you love to cook. I like to cook. I just don't get the opportunity to cook as much as I as I would like to do. But if you're the husband and you do the cooking and you love to cook, then your wife should show and demonstrate appreciation for that. If you are the uh, the husband and, and you stay at home 
and your wife goes out and she's living out her career and, and her dream job and allows you to stay home and take care of the kids, um, you should show appreciation to your wife for, for working as hard as she does. And at the same time, she should show you appreciation for, for uh, willing to stay home and take care of the kids and, and the house and do all those different types of things. So whatever it is that your spouse does when they go out of their way, you should show their appreciation. Sometimes it's just telling them I appreciate you when they haven't done anything specifically. It could just be, you know what, babe, I love you. I appreciate you. I, I appreciate everything that you've done, the hard work you put in towards this family. And uh, it doesn't mean that they have to go out and, and work a nine to five and then come home and work a part-time job. You know, uh, Chassie was a stay-at-home mom, and her schedule was busier as a stay-at-home mom than it was when she worked. You know, so you just have to show that appreciation. There's different ways you can demonstrate that. I'll let uh, Chassie discuss that a little bit. But just thank yous and stuff like that. But you got to make sure that you demonstrate some appreciation. Yeah, TJ, it's, it's going to be like an echo <laughs> today. Because, I mean, at this point in our marriage, we pretty much, you know, are parallel in what, we think and do and you know I mean I think that's a good thing at least it is for us so um there will be times that you feel unappreciated so it's great that you have a spouse that it's like you know he hears from God because God already knows that hey your spouse is feeling underappreciated right now this would be a good time for you because you just feel like it's out the blue all of a sudden. So you're like leaving a special note in their car or something, or you stayed up late and you scheduled a text message to be sent for when they woke up so they could feel the appreciation. So, you know, you may have, you know, just automatically jumped in your mind, but, you know, usually there's, you know, a reason at the right time where you're running low um, you know, I'm, I'm giving my all, I'm, I'm at my wits end, I'm cooking for people that won't ever give me no suggestions on meals, so they keep having the same meals every week, and I already hate cooking, so, you know, that's just a little transparency into my life, because he's the one that loves to cook, I'm telling y'all, if we ever hit the lottery or anything, First thing I'm doing is give me a chef. I don't care because I hate to cook, and especially for people that don't have no input. So I'm a vegetarian, so I'm cooking for people that eat meat, and they still don't give no input. Soon we all going to be vegetarians, but I digress. I'm sorry, I digress. So, um, but just show your appreciation. It doesn't mean because <laughs> I'm the biggest person to tell somebody, Showing appreciation does not always mean extravagant and over-the-top gifts. Live within your means. Live within your budget. Words, people, words, they go a long way. Whether that's the written word, which is something people tend to forget now. And by written, I mean pen to paper, not a text message. Written word goes a long way because that's something they can hold on to and just constantly refer back to and pull out when, you know, like I said, that they're feeling at the 
on E or feeling unappreciated or whatever, they can go back to that and be like, oh, recharge. I'm where I need to be. This is what I needed to make it through this next week or two of, you know, giving my all to my husband or giving my all to my family or whatever. Um, You can buy small gifts if you want. You can buy big gifts if you want. I just don't want you to think that that's the only way you can show somebody that they're appreciated and and um, loved and adored and all of that. So, yeah. Last thing on that, just to demonstrate the appreciation, um, it could be something that if your husband or or wife, if they have a job where they have to work outside a lot, in and out, and you know it's a hot day, you may want to, you may meet them somewhere and say, "Hey, babe, I brought you a cold drink." You know, I was just thinking of you. So anything like that uh, will work wonders uh, for your marriage and and that'll show some appreciation. So the next one that we have is intimacy. Now there are two types of intimacy that we're going to discuss real quick. There is emotional intimacy and then there's the physical intimacy. And the tip that I can have for the the men out there, um, you your your wife and and when we attend our marriage social, our pastor is always talking about how the men are more physical. We have to see things. The women are more emotional, and they want you to to. They don't mind you touching them, but they want you to touch them in a different way than how we want to be touched. <laughs> they want you to touch them emotionally. Um, so emotional intimacy, and if you're a man that is not very uh, open when it comes to communicating and telling your wife that you love her or you appreciate her. And, you know, if, you, if you're if you one of those guys that don't want to tell her or you just feel ashamed about telling her how, how pretty she looks. And and when, we say, when I say telling her how pretty she looks, it's not because you have an agenda. It's not that I'm going to compliment her hoping to get physically intimate with her later it's more of you look good because you you know she looks good and you want to tell her that she looks good because you want to make her feel good with her emotions and emotionally so emotional intimacy telling your wife how how pretty she is going back to that appreciation um things like that guys i'm telling you will help you a lot when it comes to the physical intimacy so quick story uh, one night, and and this goes. This was perfect. This is perfect for what we talked about last week. Men, me and Chancy, uh, we had a night where we stayed in our our bedroom. Uh, I think the kids might have been gone, but we were in the we were in the bedroom. And what we did was we had we went was it twenty five or fifty? I think it was it was a bunch. We were telling each other what we loved about the other person, about our spouse. And so I think we did 25. And so you can sit here and, and you should be able to come up with 25 things that you love about your spouse. And so we just took turns. We She say one, I say one. And it can be something as simple as, I love the way your natural hair looks. I love the way you walk. I love the way you laugh. You know, I love the way you're looking at me right now. 
<laughs> you know, so it could be it could be anything uh, emotionally that will uh, have that person feeling good about not just themselves, but the relationship that they're in. So as the female here, I'm a very emotional person, but I know there are women out there that aren't emotional and there and there are men who are more emotional. I think with emotional intimacy, the first thing is that know your spouse, know how to connect with your spouse emotionally, know how, you know, your wife likes to be emotionally connected with. Um, and your, your husband, a lot of times has a an emotional way to be uh, connected with. And whether you're in your first year of marriage or your 35th year of marriage, if you don't know, ask, hey, I'm trying to connect with you on an emotional, emotionally intimate level. How do you like me to do that? What ways can I connect with you um, emotionally and do those things? Because, I mean, what I may like, as far as my emotional intimacy, TJ may not like. What we may like in our marriage as far as emotional intimacy, you may not like in your marriage. It may not work for you, and that is just a no-go. So I'm just not going to beat a dead horse because TJ is doing a very good job opening up the topic, and I don't want to just be repetitive because a lot of this will be co-signing. So... That's we're moving into physical intimacy. So I guess I'll open this up and then he can co-sign or not co-sign <laughs> whatever he wants to do to go into it. Um, basically, your physical intimacy, since we're still this is still in encompassing of marriage goals. Find out how in your marriage you want that physical intimacy to be. Now, I know for our marriage, TJ, he is, you know, I'm emotional, he's physical, nothing wrong with that. He's visual, he's he's hilarious, you know, he uh, it has no problem coming through the kitchen, you know, slapping me on the butt, he have no problem with that, uh, He <laughs> he's over here giving y'all demonstrations if you, uh, if too bad it's not a vlog, right? Um. TJ is, you know, like I said, physically attracted to me, which he should be, and I'm physically attracted to him, but we may have young young viewers out there <laughs> or young listeners. So I don't want to be too, even though I guess they know the topic of this is marriage and marriage goals and things like that, but you still communicate comes back up constantly. So you need to find out what, are the best approaches with, you know, each other to reach your physical intimacy. Like, whereas one spouse may want to be, you know, caressed and, you know, held and things like that. And then the other one may want to be on a different extreme of things. So as long as neither one of you feel uncomfortable going those routes, you know, you should be able to reach those goals that you guys set forth. You know, once again, you want to be you versus you and not necessarily your physical intimacy versus the newest movie scene you saw, unless that's kind of how you get off. But you don't want uh, to 
pressure some, you know, your spouse or yourself, and that's not your thing, is basically what I'm saying. I'm not saying anything's wrong with inspiration like that. I'm saying you don't want either of you to feel uncomfortable uh, exploring a route that is not really your thing. So with the physical intimacy, I think we have to, you have to look at this in two different ways. We're talking about the actual uh, sexual, there's the sexual intimacy, and then there's just physical intimacy in the sense of holding hands, kissing, petting and rubbing, hugging, and, and things like that. And I think that every, every, every action has an appropriate place and time to be done. You know, uh, there are certain things that you would do at home or in your bedroom behind closed doors that you wouldn't do out in public. So you have to know what those barriers are. There are, you know, there may be a woman out there that don't like for her husband to touch her on the butt. But then there are some women that, that, were, that may prefer to just hold hands and long, long hugs and kisses and, and things like that. So you got you to gotta talk about that. You got to um, know how much physical intimacy you would like to have in your marriage. How much emotional intimacy do you want to have in your marriage? And you set those goals and you try to meet those goals. To me, one of the best things to see is when I'm out in public and I see an older couple and they're, and when I say older, I mean in their 80s um, and they're holding hands or, you know, they may be at the, be in line and they give each other a kiss and, you know, just having that, that intimacy with each other um, doesn't always have to be sexual, but just that type of physical intimacy um, I think that's something that's got to be discussed, and you got to set those goals and then try to meet those goals. So the last one here, we're, the, the last one that we have for, for marriage goals is just personal and shared goals. I think as an individual, as a man, uh, as the husband of the, of the house, I, I try to set my own personal goals for as with my marriage. And there are certain things that will affect my marriage, my job, my career, how I am as a father, uh, how I am as a spouse. Uh, but what I'm saying is with those personal goals, my personal goals can affect our shared goals. So if we wanted to make sure that there's no cheating in our, in our marriage, you know, I have to have personal goals that's going to help put a barrier, barrier up against that. If we're one to be debt free, then I have to have personal goals within my career and within my business that's going to help make sure that our shared goal of of debt freedom is met. If if we have a shared goal of raising our kids a certain way, I got to make sure that I'm the type of father that Chancey wants me to be so we can reach that goal within our marriage. So it's Personal goals and shared goals can go hand in hand. Um, your personal goals can affect your your shared goals as a couple, and your shared goals can affect your personal goals. But, you know, we're telling you all this or we're sharing this with you, but the key to all this is that C word, communication. And if you're not communicating and if you're not talking and you're not discussing about what it is that you want out of your marriage and what it is you want to put into your marriage, 
then you're going to have issues. You're going to have problems. So it's great to just, you know, if you want to spend some one-on-one time with your spouse, you know, have the kids go in their room, put a movie on, and talk about some goals that you want to have for your for your marriage. So um, just me personally, shared goals and personal goals got to work together. Uh, once me and Chancey establish our shared goals for our marriage, then I can go and look at my personal goals and make sure they line up. Because if they don't line up, then our marriage is going to be affected. So basically knowing that it doesn't, the grass is always greener on the other side. You'll hear people say that with these marriage goals. And there's two ways to look at that. The the grass is always greener for the people that water it because marriage works when you put in the work. So maybe it looks greener because it is greener because they're working to make it green. So keep that in mind. Also, my pastor, oh, I haven't said that during this uh, episode today yet. My pastor says all the time uh, when people say the grass is always greener on the other side, it says so is the water bill, meaning, yes, it's greener because they're investing. They're putting forth the effort. They're doing the work. They're doing what is necessary. They're, you know, communicating. They're lining out their goals. They're talking about their personal goals and their shared goals. They're striving to be intimate and um, showing appreciation to each other, and they're having that one-on-one time. They're doing the things that they view are necessary to make that grass green. So when you hear those things, remember, don't be in competition with that lawn and those people in that house. Figure out in your marriage what it is you need to do to green up your own lawn, weed and feed it, and and do those things to make your marriage the way you want it to be so you can have hashtag marriage goals and be the goals instead of, uh, you know, looking out at that celebrity, whoever, for them to be your goals. All right, so now we're going to transition into another segment of the show. Uh, We did this segment a little bit last week, and just to explain it to you, what we're doing is we went to a high school early in the year, and they have a program, and and it's called Choosing to Excel. And at this program, they have high school students uh, at the high school 10th, 11th, and 12th graders that put together a list of questions for married couples. And they came up with 50 questions and Chance and I was, was supposed to select three or four of those questions, and we went in and we answered those questions, and we discussed what it's like being married, and, and they had a lot, of, a lot of good questions. So what we're going to do is we're going to have a segment where we go through that list each week, and we answer a, a question off of that list. So we're going to call this uh, ex- Excelling Your Marriage. So this segment is not going to be called Excelling Your Marriage. It's kind of a shout-out to uh, Choosing to Excel. But the question that they had was, did y'all all have two different ideas of what marriage looked like? So they want to know, before we got married, did we view marriage in uh, differently? Uh, what our, our thoughts or, or dream, I guess you can say, of what a marriage looked like? And for me, um, 
this goes back to what kind of what we were talking about earlier with the uh, physical intimacy. So I figured, you know, just being a man and thinking about marriage and what marriage is going to look like, um, it was a lot. I, I figured it was going to be a lot of physical intimacy. Um, I just, I really didn't know what to expect. I didn't know, you know, there are certain things that you can see on TV uh, that kind of shapes your idea of what marriage looks like. You, when you're in a certain household, that shapes your idea of what marriage will look like. Um, so I don't really know what to expect. You know, we dated. We, we dated for an extended period of time. I thought it would be very similar to us being boyfriend and girlfriend. Uh, but I was very, very naive about what marriage or what I thought marriage was going to look like and what it was going to be. Um, I didn't think about the uh, certain things that you have to consider when you are married. Um, the sharing, you have to do a lot of sharing. In-laws, you have to be able to get along with in-laws and just things that you don't really think about. Even, you know, it was it was like we were married and we had a, um, a certain type of marriage before we had kids, and then our marriage changed once we had kids. And you're having to deal with, you know, if both grandparents want the kids, do you let one set of grandparents get them or do you let them share them? And, you know, it's just all the different type of stuff. And aunts and uncles want to spend time with them and buying them stuff and following rules. So it's a lot of different things that I didn't think about uh, when it comes to marriage. So it was totally different. It, marriage was totally different than than what I was what I was thinking when I was, I guess when we started talking about getting married was around 20. It was about 20 years old. So we're looking at almost 20 years ago. Um, what I thought marriage was, it was totally different. So I agree as well that marriage is different than we thought going into it. But like you said, we were young and we didn't really talk to any married people. We didn't have... Um, speakers come in and, you know, discuss different things from their marriage and things like that when we were in high school or younger or things like that. So I guess we just formulated our own opinions, either based on family members we saw or adults that we knew were married or I don't know, whatever formulation we came up with. But I pretty much thought that marriage was going to be the same as when we were dating, except we lived together. Because we didn't live together before we got married. So I figured, aside from, I guess, waking up and going to sleep in the same house, it would be the same way that it had always been in that six-year span that we dated. That was definitely not the case. I mean, we were living together, but there was so much more to it than just moving in and making a home. I mean... You had to decide, you know, how are you going to do your finances? We're going to share this account. Do we just make our own purchases? And, you know, does it matter if I go out and buy uh, this new big item without talking to you? Or does it matter if you do it? Or do we need to talk about it first at a certain price point? Or um, are we just co-mingling all the money into one place and then paying bills straight from that? Or, you know, how are we doing that? Is it from certain checks? Or it was just a lot of things that, you know, I guess 
maybe other people think about these things, but we, I guess as 21, 22-year-olds, weren't thinking about um, holidays. You know, you don't think about that kind of thing. You grow up all your life. You do this on a holiday, and this has been your tradition for years and years. So now we have our own family. How are we doing our tradition? Um, once kids get thrown in the equation, you know, so that was something big that, you know, I guess you didn't really think about that was so much different than when we were dating. Um, uh, let's see what else, um, sharing, he mentioned, you know, sharing each other too. Cause you know, like he talked about the physical intimacy, you know, you thinking we'll always want to go especially when you didn't have kids. Oh, we'll always want to go out and do stuff together and always have date night and always do that. But you want to share, you know, your spouse so he can have his guy time or his basketball time or his me time or you can have your me time and your girl time or whatever time. So it was just a big transition. Not that it was impossible. It was just a big transition. And you can see how sometimes people get in trouble with that because they're not willing to work through that transition of a different expectation of what they had, like maybe a fairy tale or not necessarily a fairy tale in some cases, just a different thought process of what they were going to experience and deal with. So the short answer is I did have a different idea of what marriage would be. But once I got into the marriage and, you know, you make the modifications, you put in the work, you deal with the ups, you deal with the downs, you make it work and you adjust and go from there. Yep. So we, as you can see, we both had different ideas and thoughts of what marriage looked like. Um, There are a lot of books, podcasts, um, so-called experts and a lot of different things that, that you can that you can uh, read and try to learn what you can about marriage, but you never really know until you actually get into a marriage. But there are things that you can do to kind of help prepare yourself, questions you need to ask each other, things you need to talk about and discuss. But just, again, from a personal standpoint, it's nothing like what I thought it was going to be. You see these fairy tale weddings and all this different stuff going on on TV, and and that's that's not even that's that's nothing compared to what a real marriage really is. So, um, but again, that's a question that that comes from high school students, tenth, uh, eleventh, and twelfth graders. So you know that's that is that is something that's intriguing. They're wanting to know what is it like being married. And I don't know who asked this question if they're with a single parent or if they're with. Um, if both their parents are in a home or if it's, you know, mom and boyfriend or dad and girlfriend or just mom or just dad or if it's just both parents. So you just never know. But that is a really good question. So if there's someone out there that's listening and you're wanting to get married or you are engaged to get married, that's a that's something that you guys should discuss. You know, what is your what is your idea of how our marriage is supposed to look? Um, you know, you, you want to be pretty much on the same page. You want to, you want to have the same goals, which is what we talked about earlier. So you can, 
make sure that everything is uh you can go into a you go into a, a marriage you know trying to accomplish the same things so that is it for our show do you have anything that you would like to add on some humor yeah talk about those things like if you um want to keep your ketchup in the refrigerator or if you want it in the cabinet you know that may be something that <laughs> will escalate it to something because or you might have to buy two bottles of ketchup one person won't theirs in the refrigerator because it's a refrigerator after opening and then your spouse will say no i don't like cold ketchup on my hot fries, so you keep it in the cabinet. So just to end on a little comedy there, you know, small things, it doesn't matter. Just be sure y'all talk about things so that they don't escalate. Ketchup belongs in the cabinet. It does not go in the refrigerator. But uh, I did read where you can keep it out in the cabinet, I think for up for up to uh, three months after it's opened. So, hey, I read that online. No, I went and did some research on that because me and Chassie had a uh, a discussion on that, especially when we first, we still kind of discuss it today. But when we first got married, we were moving into an apartment. She put the ketchup in the refrigerator. I said, no, it goes in the cabinet. She said, no, it goes in the refrigerator. I said, no, it goes in the cabinet. She was like, it says refrigerator. I said, but who puts cold ketchup on hot fries? That doesn't make any sense to me. So we had to negotiate. So... She kept the, we keep the ketchup in the cabinet, and then whoever's the last person to get out of the bed makes up the bed. Because I had told her I don't make up the bed, because I didn't like making up my bed, because you get in there every day. So we had to negotiate. So we compromised, and that's what we came up with. So again, um, if you're listening to this, to this podcast um, on the Anchor app, be sure to leave us a message. You can leave us a voice message up to 60 seconds. If we told you anything in this show that you like, that you found uh, entertaining or informative, please like it, please share it, and you also need to subscribe to our show. And this show is on a number of different platforms. It's on Spotify. If you have a subscription to Spotify, you may be able to read or listen to us if you don't have a subscription to Spotify. But it's on Google Podcasts, it's on Apple Podcasts, um, and there are some other platforms out there. So what you need to do is you need to go to anchor.fm marriage works Monday, marriage-works-monday, I guess, or hyphen, whatever, whatever, whatever term you want to use. But and and you can see all the all the shows, all the previous shows, and you'll also be able to see the other platforms that this show is available. So um, we appreciate y'all. You know, if, if you see this, if we post something on Facebook, let us know what you think about the show. You know, we're, we're, we're adults. We can take it because, you know, if you don't enjoy it, we ain't going to stop doing this. <laughs> so it really don't matter. But we do like that feedback. Let us know what you like about the show. Um, be sure to tell your friends, share it, like it, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Um, so until next week, and we're going to go for three weeks in a row. This was two weeks, and we're going to go for three weeks in a row. Till next week, we appreciate y'all, and uh, we'll see you then.